Hello and welcome to the Mystery Arts Podcast. My name is Matt Packer. This is episode King of Diamonds. Um, yeah, I'm going to keep doing that for the next uh, 26 episodes because I'm a, well, because I'm a gigantic dork is the real reason. Um, but anyway, hope you guys are doing well. I hope uh, everyone is staying uh, healthy and sane as much as possible, I suppose. Um, today on the show, I have an interview with Chris Rollins. Chris was gracious enough to sit and chat with me for a while, a couple days ago, and uh, I know you guys are going to be really interested to hear what he has to say. We chatted about uh, creativity, performing concepts, uh, his, uh, his background, how he got his start, what he's up to these days, all the good stuff. So um, let's see, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. We're going to get into that interview pretty quick here in just a moment. Just a reminder, uh, if you uh, want to chat with me about anything or you want to suggest a interview or you want to be on the show yourself, you can contact at mysteryartspodcast at gmail. And um, yeah, let's go ahead and get into this interview with Chris Rollins. Chris Rollins, welcome to the Mystery Arts Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, this is the first time I've actually recorded it uh, late at night, my time. Uh, so uh, I, I don't know if my brain will be working better or worse. Um, <laughs> I have no I have no idea. I, I am kind of a night owl, so uh, there's that, but uh, there's something to I'll be said. It's fine. It's only, it's only 11 now. It's not too late. No, it's yeah, like it's not really. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I might actually be better at four, honestly. Um, so great! I'm I'm stoked to chat with you. Um, uh, we met briefly at Mindvention. I'm sure you met a lot of people uh, there, but I, I I got to see your lecture and and your show, and um, I've seen some of your uh, other you know uh, product lectures that you've got out there. Your penguin and at the table and stuff. So I've been sort of uh, interested in your work for a while now. So I'm I'm excited to get a chance to to hear uh, a little bit about how you got started, um, kind of your approach to the way you think about stuff, uh, sort of your creative, you know, things along along those lines. Um, would be curious to hear, you seem relatively young to me. Uh, how, how old are you, Chris, if you don't mind saying? You can try and guess based on the fact that we both enjoy mentalism. You can, you can fathom a guess. I dare you to. <laughs> I would say you're probably uh, around 30. It, you hit dead on. No yeah. need to be off by one. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm 30 years old, exactly. Okay, good. Well done. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's a, it's a gift. It's a gift. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but I, I get the sense also, and I, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like you've been you've been at it for quite a good chunk of your life like did, did you start young is that is that something that you, you've been interested in since yeah. you were yeah yeah it's not not always just straight mentalism but magic has been something that i've done for as long as i can remember so mm. even though i'm only 30 um i don't even know if i could really put an age on it i've been asked this question you know before and i've, I've probably given an answer but in truth i can't remember exactly when i mm-hmm. what age i was when i started but but yeah, I've done it for for a long time. And um, it, it, so I'd be curious to to hear about your sort of transition into the the mental the mental realm as well. But um, uh, in terms of magic, did you um, did you start with like a magic set, or uh, so did you have a relative that got you interested? Or I had uh, parents that were always really uh, you know like didn't shut down the whole idea of liking magic, but. Mm-hmm. I, I had and still do have an uncle who at Christmas time um, or whenever we'd go around to theirs would show me tricks. Yeah. And they were like, um, I'm trying to think of an example. The first, I think the first one he showed me was Magic Age cards and it was literally from like a Christmas cracker. Sure. Um, but he showed, and I still have them actually. Is that like a binary, uh, like a binary card thing? Is that what that it's is? It's literally like uh, Magic Age cards in the sense of... Uh, I think it's six cards. The one, those, those ones, but uh, there are a bunch of different versions out there now with numbers on and them, they, right? Numbers on, just like a, a matrix of numbers. Yeah, and you yeah. Use one, and then you yeah. place the cards down that have your number on, and then you know which number's being thought of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So for that, yeah. I've been shown some kind of uh, some card tricks with 
with Waddington. When Waddington's cards used to be good, they used to be really good cards and then they made them bad. So I remember with those kind of bridge size, full index playing cards, like a, mm-hmm. a bunch of card tricks. And, and I think that's how it kind of really, my interest in it started. I can't remember the exact time I picked up a book. Right? Sure, sure. And did you, were you in, in school and stuff where you're showing your mates like, uh, you know, tricks and stuff like that? Was that something that sort of, uh, that, that helped you socially or something that you kind of, uh, uh, you know, helped you connect with other people? In, so I, the, the weird thing I have with magic is that I've had like, I guess like most people, but a bit of an on and off, uh, you know, interaction with it. So mm-hmm. when I was in probably primary school, I was known as the, uh, the magician. Right. Uh, but then when I went to high school, I kind of took a step back from that mm-hmm. and, uh, was known more as like a musician. Oh, I was going to ask then, you about that. Cool. Yeah. Um, so like kind of, uh, stepped away, not stepped away from it, but you know, pub- I mean, at this point I was like 12 or like, you know, something mm-hmm. like that, not very old. And that would be the time when I kind of was focusing more on, just being a teenager and sure. you know and playing the drums and and then got back into it but then i i kind of kept that i remember like at university my first year i was doing english and i didn't actually tell anyone not the people that i lived with because you live in those like you know dorm rooms i think you guys call them mm-hmm. but, you know like student halls and stuff sure and i just kept it really kind of quiet for uh for the first probably six months of like my first year of uni and then so it's what I'm trying to say. I think is it's never been something that I've I've used to like uh, as a as a way to interact with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, but I don't know. It, but on and off, yeah. Um, couldn't pinpoint an exact time I got into it, but it, I think it began with those Magic Age cards from a Christmas cracker. That's great. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, and so, what was the the? Were you always like? I mean, that's. I guess that's more or less a mentalism effect, uh, perhaps a, you know, a frowned upon one, but still I would say that's more or less mentalism. It's a good one. Yeah. It could be, it could be done. It could be done well. It can be done right. Um, do you, uh, have you always had, was, was the mental side of things always something that sort of appealed to you or attracted you in the, in the, in the magical realm? Or that... uh, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Like I was never into coin magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, always interested in card magic i was always interested in mind reading um yeah so yeah that interest has always been there for sure and it's just kind of grown over time into into obviously the main area of focus yeah right and is would you say like kind of the unexplained and the occult and that sort of stuff is that something that went along with that is it something that's fascinated you as well i actually think i went about it uh in the in the opposite way, I kind of, when I really got into mentalism, I remember literally just, I guess it's cliche, but diving into Corinda yeah. and the, the Dover edition of Practical Mental Magic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finding people like Luke Jamey and, and right. people like Banachek and reading all that sort of stuff um, and going about it that way first. And then over time coming around to the idea of, and having an interest in things like tarot cards and pendulums and yeah, uh, the kind of more real, uh, I guess, magic side of it. Right, right. But it was interesting for sure. That's interesting. So that that's that it was sort of introduced to you through the context of of mentalism. Yeah, like yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even put a time on it, but yeah, for sure, it was it was. I guess you get into mentalism because you want to be able to read people's minds or yeah. you know or predict whatever it is you want to do memorize things um i think when you first start you don't even really think about that you're just interested in the idea of the whole world that is yeah Um, and 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 yeah over time you uh, i did especially you know um found real interest in things like pendulums and stuff like that and then that obviously leads you over enough time to to really realize that those things exist outside of magic Mm -hmm. and uh you know yeah, that's interesting. Well, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, my my experience was was opposite of that. You know, I I was always interested in the occult and the esoteric, and had you know done uh, tarot reading and pendulums and all that stuff, sort of you know, quote unquote, genuinely. 
Um, mm-hmm. and then, uh, and then when I got, I had been interested in magic too, but kind of, uh, when I got really bit by the mentalism bug, there was this kind of like, oh, interesting. There's this sort of meeting of these two things. And, you know, as, as long as you can, you know, at least for me, you know, there's the dark part of that is the kind of the cynicism. And, you know, you find that in some of the old books and stuff where they're like, here's how to, f- fool people into thinking you're a real psychic and you know that that doesn't ever it's never really appealed to me um but uh but there is i think there is a a meeting place between the two that does have a a very uh genuine sort of uh uh, a feel to it i was going to ask actually how how is it to be the other way around so if you start with things like tarot and pendulums and even just you know tea leaf reading or yeah um just I don't know, aura reading or whatever reading you might be interested in, whatever system or approach. Mm, right. How does it feel to go from that to then realize that you can connect those dots with something like a sentitaire or a... Right, right, right. If, you I know, that would blow my mind if I'd had it that way around. I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, when I first... You know, I sort of, I, you know, I don't really like the term shut eye, but, you know, I, I can say, uh, you know, that that's, you know, what people use that to describe is where I was. And then um, at first, when I got really into the, the, the deeper level stuff and realized, you know, with the suggestion stuff and the just understanding belief and seeing how easy it is to affect the way somebody perceives something. Um, it did get, it, I did get very, at that time, at first, I did get very skeptical uh, and, and sort of lost a lot of the, I guess you could say belief, although I don't, that's not the, quite the right word, but for lack of a better word, I did lose a lot of that and kind of, you know, oh, this is actually all, you know, garbage. Um, but uh, then, you know, I, I feel like I've kind of come back around so that I, there, I have a sort of a balanced perspective. And I, and I, and I really think that the thing about uh, magic and mentalism, you know, that really appeals to me uh, after, you know, going through the journey, at first you just want to be cool, you want to, you know, you want to fool people, blah, blah, blah. But, um, but the bigger picture for me is that sense of mystery, right? The, 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 the sort of Zen-like moment where your mind goes, what? That's not how I ex- understand reality to work. Um, and I think there is something really profound, no matter what your beliefs are, about that potential in the mystery arts. So I kind of see, you know, like um you know ian dunford uh you know he's a he's a pretty skeptical guy um but he's also one of the best readers um and you know the way that he describes what he does um it's not quite the same for me but it is i i really resonate with the sort of honest approach that he comes which is you know he obviously he says better but to paraphrase you know we're going to tell a story together and what that story means to you might be helpful to you or might be interesting to you you know so you know being able to work within uh, you know, the way that our belief structures work, you know, sort of in an honest way, not not a flim-flam kind of a thing, uh, you know, sort of, but but allowing for a little bit of the the mystery and the unknown or whatever. Do you know what I mean? I think there's a way to kind of walk that tight rope a little. Yeah. yeah, you literally took the words out of my mouth. I, <laughs> I think that's an interesting way to look at it for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think in, in this time, right, that's probably more useful and relevant than... Mm. Then so I, I don't know how old you are, Matt, but someone my age yeah. uh, claiming to, you know, I don't know. It's possible, of course, but yeah, I think people probably resonate with that approach uh, yeah, more. Absolutely, Seems more real, more modern, more fitting, more in the right context. Yeah, I, th- I think so. At, at least it feels more honest to me, at the very least. Um, I yeah. was going to say, I was going to say yes, and then I thought about uh, a lot of the, you know, I do get as far, well, I'm getting no, no gigs now, but I do certainly get a, a certain amount of uh, inquiries from people that, you know, are, are totally, you know, new age or whatever. So that's still, there. there is that category. And I know, like, there are people that make that their whole world still, but, but I think it's more honest and it certainly appeals, at least aesthetically, to me a lot more to be that more you know, slightly more psychological uh, approach, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting that you you mentioned that because um, watching your show, um, and I, I'm not sure if you have a you probably you probably have more than one show, but the the show that I saw at Mindvention, the uh, the Memory Show, um, mm-hmm. the thing that I found so cool about that is that 
you are... I mean, you're not the first person to do a memory show, but it, it, it's it's rather unusual sort of to take the methods uh, and, and sort of uh, presentations that you have that are, you know, more or less typically used in other contexts and apply them, you know, in memory. I find it kind of refreshing. Not a lot of people are doing that, you know. That was... Uh, the memory show is, is one, uh, one of a couple of shows that I do. So mm -hmm. uh, people who have read you know, notes or booklets or watch downloads or, or whatever of mine will know me as a, as a mentalist. Yeah. But I work, uh, I, I work probably 60, I don't know, it's makeup percentage more often than not as a memory, as yeah. a memory performer. Um, and then just slightly less as a mind reader. And that's shifted over time. So I have like two different shows. And what you saw at Mindvention is, uh, the last 20 minutes of, a of a 50 minute, 45 minute program of, of memory. So, right. um, the interesting thing about my invention was you're in, you, um, you're at a conference at a convention where all weekend people have been teaching people how to, uh, pretend to, you know, read minds, which yeah. is really cool. Sure. Um, but I found that quite strange to walk out and do that, but I really wanted to, you know, be there and do something that I really do. And it really is from a show that I do. So, um, so yeah, it, I don't know. I, I just really enjoyed doing uh, the memory show, but um, but yeah, I'm glad you I'm glad you enjoyed it. I think it was, yeah, it was very refreshing, especially after the whole you know just so much mind reading to see it you know something different you know and I, and not just not even just mindvention like just in general you know to to I mean I hope I'm not we can edit this a little bit I hope I hope I'm not you know uh, stepping on your toes to say that it's it, to some degree presenting mentalism as memory right. I mean, when you when you look at the the core, I mean, those who were, I don't want to explicitly say what it is in okay, terms yeah. of even like the beats of it. So we Fair. can talk about it. Yeah. Um, but in terms of what it looks like for a room full of people, is uh, I work with some information from some people in the room, and I memorize parts of it, and then sure. you know play around with that information. Yeah. Um, I think an important thing is that you saw, like I said, the last twenty minutes. So sure. it work. It it feels more. Um, it feels different is the better way to put it. Mm -hmm. It feels different. You see that at the end of a program where the other things involved kind of all lead up to that. That's fair. That last, that last demo. Sure. Um, but the, the reason to go back to what you said a moment ago, the reason I do it is because no one is really doing it. Of yeah. course, I'm not the first guy to do anything with memory. And I think lots of mind readers and mentalists have dropped in. For example, you know, card memory is a, is a great demo, whatever, yeah. However, you're doing it for real, or if you're you're doing, I don't know, uh, you know, Cassidy's yeah. version or Barry Richardson's version or any number right. of people's versions. Um, but the premise itself is just, I think, a really great one, and I think a lot of mind readers and mentalists and even magicians will drop in something like that to sure. give a bit of texture to a show. Sure. Um, but I just, and that's exactly how I started. I used to do uh, a thing with a with a book, and I just, I don't know, it just got reactions and I felt like oh, okay this is cool and then it slowly over time with the help of uh, you know friends and, and mentors and, and just time I guess it just became its own show I just at some point decided to kind of shift focus because mm. however much I absolutely love performing mentalism and being the mind reader um, there's just a lot of people doing it in England mm. <laughs> so, is that right interesting so yeah it, it just kind of over time became uh, more of a focus, and, and at the same time, how much I enjoy doing that sh that memory show, or whether it's talks I do uh, with memory, or even uh, workshops and seminars, things like that. I I still really love to go in and do uh, do full blown mind reading, but I I really don't tend to mix the two anymore. Right, right, like, yeah. I keep it very separate, and you'll you might know. I don't know if like if anyone who listens to this is to Google me. Of course, you'll see like things from uh, from Penguin Magic right. and, and other places. But aside from all of that, the only website you'll find of mine um, that is intended for the public is uh, is a website called I Remember Things. And all of my, my branding on that and uh, my minimal efforts to be on like social media and stuff like that are yeah. all about mem. And that's purely for the fact that, you know, it, it makes me uh, to some level stand out from the crowd of other people that are magicians doing 
mentalism or mentalists or mind readers do mentalism or you know right, or right. readers doing fantastic things with tarot or pendulums or. sure sure yeah that you know that, that makes a lot of sense um i uh yeah i've always um you know i know people um you know uh, mentalist magicians you know the, the the cassidy routine or whatever uh card memory is definitely something you see a lot i've always actually felt like i w- i don't want to do that um <laughs> Specifically because I don't want to draw attention to the possibility that I might be able to memorize a deck of cards because that, you know, that offers an explanation for other things. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I, I, for that sort of personal reason, I don't like mixing memory effects in because um, I may actually use memory uh, and I don't want that to, to be a, a possibility of, you know, for the, for the routine. Um, I wanted to say too, you know, uh, you know, Corinda and, and Corinda's got a whole chap- chapter on memory, and it, it's certainly been memory type stuff has always been a part of you know mentalism um, literature, uh, and I've always, for whatever reason, felt like that just seems boring and stale. You know, like I, it doesn't, you know, it never it never appealed to me, um, but. Uh, you know, watching you perform at Mindvention definitely kind of opened my eyes to the fact that, like, it has it. It can be just as entertaining. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, you know, showmanship is is the thing that's entertaining about it. Um, but uh, you know, it is. It, it's, it's an interesting. Sorry, go on. I don't want to cut you off. I want to hear what you're going to go with this. Oh yeah, no. I was I was just going to say, you know, the uh, they're they're related in the sense that you know, uh, impossible, improbable, unlikely. But but the the memory has that that aspect of being quite a bit more possible. I think in people's minds. Um, I think you've hit on a word that's really good. Like the the memory show as a whole really is a way of of making people realize that to some level they can also do the things that you're doing and that can be quite inspiring. Yeah. So although it is about, I never want a memory show of mine to feel like, Oh, look at me with a big brain. Right. Uh, Because whatever they see me do on stage at the same time, I feel like they're, they're really interacting with me and they can really see and feel that even though I might be able to, for example, do the things you saw me do at their mindvention, um, they can also just from watching me interact with people and uh, and the way I am. I think you, I think you get a real sense of how I actually am, and from that you can tell that oh, even though you might, you know, these these things are amazing. Um, I'm not trying to create the implication that I know everything, mm-hmm. uh, and and I think that's why it works. But I think the the main idea really behind the memory show, as well as trying to be different and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, was twofold. One, it, it was an interesting kind of challenge I set myself because it's quite hard to pick a premise and to just do a show about that thing. Like for sure, uh, I'll remind me to come back to this in a second. Funnily enough, remind me, but um, <laughs> I have a little rant about this. But I'll get to that in a sec. And but it is it's quite difficult to pick one thing and to do that, and then to try and make it, you know, surprising and interesting and not be boring and to not get bogged down in process. And if you think back to what you saw me do at my invention, I had lots of different people, in the, well, as many people as possible in the room, uh, write down a bunch of different, some were numbers, words, mm-hmm. et cetera. It went into this little, uh, it was like a little plastic dish that looked like a, a glass bowl that I found uh, in, from the catering department in the hotel. Yeah. And then uh, someone reached in and grabbed uh, one of each, and then I work with those pieces of information. So I got, you know, I got a big chunk of time, and what is essentially the end of end of my show, um, just from three people and three slips of paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so process wise, it's minimal. But what I try to do with that, uh, it, you know, is to make it as interesting as possible and as kind of impossible as possible, whilst at the same time feeling like it, it is real. Yeah. Um, because however great my memory is, uh, and it's pretty good, but however great it is, I I don't want what I'm doing to feel so impossible that mm-hmm. you just switch off and think, oh, this guy's full of it. This is not real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes any sense. So. Yeah, I think it's probably another another kind of fine line you want to get as close to as close to that as possible. You know, because you don't want you don't want obviously to be anything to keep you come across as too easy either you want it to be you know 
improbable but not impossible i guess i don't know yeah 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 and i i don't know i think i really really believe that it's the same with music it's the same with, with magic with mentalism with i imagine it's the same with with reading if you're a reader mm-hmm. if you're a if you're a guitar player a drummer if you're a singer if you're a, a sleight of hand magician i really think it comes down to if you're interesting, not, not interesting is in the right word. If, if you just, I think you are, um, I don't want this to sound like I'm, I think I have this thing because I'm not sure, but I'm trying to have it. <laughs> you're working on but it. I, I think you, if you just have something about you that's likable or interesting yes. or compelling, then you can kind of do whatever you like. It's true. Uh, and, and the audience will be with you on it and they'll enjoy it because at the end of it, whether it's a, a tarot card reading or a piece of really strong mind reading or a memory demonstration or a fantastically fooling, amazing or interactive, for example, card trick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the person sharing that with you is an interesting person. Uh, then that, that performance or that thing is going to like resonate with you in a different way to if someone who is technically fantastic with cards, for example, does something, but they don't really have any, any kind of charisma behind them or Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think being, being likable and, um, you know, being somebody that people just want to spend time hanging out with or, you know, paying attention to that's 90% of being a performer, you know, the obviously need a few extra additional skills. And if you're really good at something, then all the better, you know, but it's true. It's absolutely true. And, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of performers out there, especially in magic and, and mentalism that, you know, that, and, and part of it is, you know, just sort of the culture, you know, the way that, that, that the art has progressed in the last century or whatever. But there, there tends to be a little bit of a condescension um, and a, uh, you know, I am the all-powerful, you know, that's, that's just something that's kind of been a part of it. Um, and, uh, and I feel like that's, that's perhaps something that, you know, good performers actually have to overcome uh, with with something like magic or mentalism because uh, the whole thing is presenting something that you can do that that they can't, right? Um, so finding finding a way to 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 you know, and you know, some people do that by you know the whole spectator is mind reader trying to. I don't know if you're familiar with the the jerks, but the uh, you know the idea of audience centric magic and that and that sort of thing. Um, but at bare mm-hmm. at bare minimum, you need to be a likable person. You know, somebody that they you know. Or uh, well, it doesn't even have to be likable in the sense of like. I don't. I don't necessarily want anyone to, to watch me perform and, and think, "Oh, I'd like to like hang out with that guy or be his friend or whatever." It's just likable. Uh, by that, I more mean you're just kind of captivated or interested by the person that you're watching. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, good examples are like Max Maven. Mm-hmm. I could watch him do anything. It could be as <laughs> yeah. as slow and deliberate, or as as fast and anything yeah. at all and just because of who he is and how he speaks i would be absolutely locked in on every word he's saying and watching him do everything and at the end ultimately would be you know an experience that i would remember sure um and i think that's how i separate you know people that i enjoy watching and people that i maybe necessarily don't yeah that's fair absolutely I'm yeah. i've got that thing or not but that's you know I, yeah i'd like to my aim with stage performance is to be that person that mm-hmm. they watch and go like mm, interesting no, yeah. interesting isn't even a good word but it's yeah. too early in the morning for my brain to think of a better <laughs> placement yeah maybe you know charisma is part of it um sort of mystique maybe i don't know there's a lot of you know ways you can kind of get at that but i, I definitely know what you mean um so i'd love to hear a little bit about your creative process because i think I would say, you know, you're um, as a, you know, you're fairly active as a creator, and you have been for a number of years now. Um, uh, how old were you when you with with your when you released the your first product? Uh, the first thing that I did was uh, an ebook, and it was with Kent and Nepper, and it was called Mind Experiments. Okay, um, I was twenty three, I think, or twenty two when that mm-hmm. came out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah. uh, 
I had I just sent it to Kenton because I I just read a bunch of his stuff at the time, and and that came from reading Luke's uh, Seven Deceptions. Sure, I believe I'm pretty up on all of his uh, things. I believe that was the anyway. I read that. I was absolutely uh, you know drawn in by that idea, and then that eventually led me to read more of Kenton's stuff and. So I sent it to him and I didn't, I had no intention to kind of share it. I was just interested to hear what he thought. And then he, he wanted to uh, kind of to share that with the, the magic world. So That's that was cool. 2012 or 13. Um, so yeah, a long time ago, actually. You're making me realize how long I've been. Yeah, uh, goes fast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and then, uh, and then, were you pretty steady releasing stuff? After? I feel like I feel like I, I I've seen your stuff going back at least five six years. I'm kind of, I'm intentionally deliberate with what I release. Mm-hmm. I never want to put anything out that I don't use or haven't really used for a good amount of time. So, sure. for example, the things in the Mind Experiments ebook uh, were just things that. I had done for a bunch of time and played around with. And at that time I was more, I was some stage and more kind of strolling, but always as a mind reader. Mm. Uh, uh, at that time for me, that had a looser definition. So that involved mm-hmm. feats of prediction and mind reading and, and other things, uh, even like down to coincidence style uh, routine. So, mm. Um, was it more were you uh, really exploring that more kind of psychological and suggestion side of things? Uh, I was interested by it, but I not so much really ever did it. I've always mm-hmm. been, uh, performance wise, I've, I've, I'm happy to take risks and I'm, I'm happy to uh, make bold choices at the right times, but I've, I've never really gone out there and I like a thing of Luke's that I've, I've always really thought is incredible. And I've seen him do a bunch of times, but is, uh, having the lines on someone's hand, you know, move and morph and, yeah. and shape into them seeing something that isn't essentially there yeah um you know so stuff like that i've always been massively interested in but never really gone out and done i've i've always i mean if you think back to my invention it what i'm doing is yeah. you know i'm I'm kind of old school yeah heart, nuts and bolts you know, yeah these um you know these these cooler kind of principles but yeah going back to what i was saying about being deliberate is even though i've shared probably quite a lot in the past seven years everything is kind of from another thing uh, or they all connect in some way. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'll, for example, share something and then continue to use that thing as I think all the people sharing stuff should. And then over time that changes into something else or leads to other versions of that thing or, um, you know, it's not, it's not unlikely for me to kind of share something that I've been working on and using for a while, but then some point down the line to go back to it and be like, Hey, here are a bunch of other things with it there at the time of now. Right. Uh, I didn't share, uh, but now I'm ready to. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, the, the first like proper thing that I shared with the magic world as a, as a prop, if you like, for want of a much better word is yeah. the clipboard uh, glimpse of mine. Right. right. Uh, that was, from a, that was from a book, uh, which came out uh, around the same sort of time. Um, so yeah, I think even though there's, there's kind of a lot, it all kind of crosses over in some way uh, and all connects. It's all it's all literally documentation of like where my where my brain has been at a different time. Right, right, right. And 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 you you'll you, you'll share stuff that you're that you're certain is good and will work, but you've moved a little bit on from. Right, is that fair to say? But like yes and no. In, in, in the sense of I've, I still use that clipboard. All right. the time, that sure. there's a card routine of mine that's that's out as a you know as a video download, and I at one time put it out as a little booklet. Uh, I think I did it in Mindvention, in fact, but it's a like a pseudo memory routine. Sure, uh, there are things like that that I still use all the time, right. but I'm I'm happy to share them because they are, for example, more uh, you know a combination of methods that I think right. work well together. Right, uh, because I I know essentially it comes down to re- this is what I was saying before. I think. I, we could share the same repertoire because we're two different people. Yeah. Um, you know, it shouldn't really matter. Absolutely. Obviously we should all be trying to be as unique and different and interesting and compelling as we can. Yeah. However, I have no problem if I'm doing, 
a living in dead test, then you're also doing one because I'm confident that we'll be doing them differently. Absolutely. So. And that's part of the hallmark of a, a performer that's, you know, been doing it for a while is more experienced is that you're not going to pull something off the shelf and perform it as is. You're, you, 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 t- you take a principle or an effect and you say, huh, what can I do with this? You know, what's going to work for me with this particular thing? I mean, I, I, yeah. certainly, I certainly don't perform anything as, you know, exactly as, you know, intended or written. Um, I'm always going to tweak it to, to suit my particular persona and style. Mm-hmm. And, and I think in terms of like, how I create things it just mm-hmm. is totally driven by uh, whatever particular thing on that particular day I'm most, you know, interested in. Yeah. And that will lead me to uh, look at things that already exist and try and come up with things that don't or to maybe right. tweak something of mine that already does or someone else's that already does to then it's, I just, I think it's a continuous, um, yeah. you know, continuous kind of scroll of, of yeah. thought that, sometimes it's good and sometimes isn't good but um but i don't really it's not like i eat 10 blue m&ms five orange <laughs> sure. and a red one and then drink an iced coffee and then all of a sudden i have good ideas i, I don't know yeah um, yeah well i guess a bad idea, sure. no 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 i yeah i, I totally get you I I, well so two things uh you know, I've talked to, uh, you know, some people that are creators, and I've talked to some people that really are not. Uh, you know, their minds are more focused on the performing side, and they're not interested in looking at methods or improving methods or creating methods. Um, and I, I, it's interesting to see because I, I don't think that really has anything to do with how you are as a performer. Um, I think that's kind of a separate part of the magic mentalism world is the uh the desire the interest in 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 methods and improving you know creating improving tweaking with methods but um you know i i i would guess that you're the kind of person that's kind of always playing with something method wise oh 100 percent, always always yeah and it will be i don't know also you know also it jumps all over the place Mm -hmm. i can't even sometimes keep track of what i'm thinking about or reading and when i you know but yeah all, all the time something is in the works yeah and not you know not in the sense of a thing that's going to become a product no i myself, yeah driven by my own kind of interest in in wherever i'm wherever i'm at that point whether it's one particular book or one particular idea or whether it's you know you get it absolutely yeah no that makes a lot of sense um but when when i talk about creative process i think the thing the kind of the the thing that i typically like to ask people is that do you ever think of a premise and then look for a method to suit your pre you know your idea um do you mostly work with a method and try and find a framing for it or does it is it sometimes both uh sometimes both but i think more often than not i'm there's two separate parts of that so one is like the continuous uh exploration of the world of magic so that's bringing things that have been before or looking at things that exist already and just like really playing around with them not just flicking through the pages and you know on to the next thing yeah um so that's one part of it but then um in terms of really trying to create things it's always about the the premise you know it's Mm -hmm. like spent a long time thinking about how i could do a whole show that's memory in a way that you know builds and is interesting and then um, you know, method for me in terms of stuff in a show really isn't definitely isn't the driving kind of yeah. you know fact behind anything. Right, right. That's interesting. I think um, you know there are definitely, especially in in mentalism, there are. I would say there's a category of performer that is almost like <laughs> I don't know if I want to say too bold or like not. Not not that concerned with having methods that are extra fooling. Um, mm-hmm. uh, personally, and I, it seems I would guess you're similar. You know, I think I think you need to have really strong methods to to be a a good performer. You know, I mean, you're not you know you you're, you're, um, your presentation, no matter how good it is, the method has to be at least you know. Uh, <laughs> At a certain point, you know, um, I completely completely agree. It has to be. I think that's like a, that's a given with any 
any performance, right? The method has to be completely sound and it has to be something you're completely comfortable doing and able to do without thinking. Yeah. Uh, it's those things that allow you to be able to perform it properly. Yeah, I don't want to like name names, but I I do think there are some some people out there that are, you know, in the in the that you know that you'll you'll know who they are, um, that that probably don't give enough attention or underestimate audiences a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, and and yeah. I think that maybe it doesn't exist so much now, but there was there was at the time of I remember it was the same sort of time as the mind experiment thing coming out. Mm-hmm. A number of years ago, but there was a real trend in mentalism to just be, you know, bold yeah. and I think to some point ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, to the point where the people or the person on stage with you kind of has no effect. And yeah. then, you know, I don't see the point in that. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah, this place and, and you can create moments or uh, small interactions that enhance other things but you know you you can't just yeah i think everyone has to have an experience and everyone has to have something that when they leave they they are kind of blown away by yeah so I, I think I agree with you on that yeah yeah um how important to you is at least on occasion releasing a quote-unquote magician fooler is that something that drives the way you create no okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um no it's not it's all I, anything that I've ever put out is just, I'm, I know from experience of, of doing it for real people. Yeah. I know and I'm confident in the fact that it is workable for real people, meaning that they find it interesting and also that they don't understand how it works other than the, you know, you're doing whatever claim it is you, you might be making once you do that thing. Yeah. Um, I, I think I only have one, one thing I've shared with magicians as a magician and fooler mm-hmm. um but you know it, it i think i think it's a bad focus to, to yeah to try positions because you know uh, for example again at mindvention but that's kind of the right that's where you got to be focused on that stuff yeah <laughs> at mindvention you kind of have to be more focused on that but at the same time something that really fools people at mindvention might be of no interest to people who might be a you know blackpool magic convention or sure so yeah, it's not a, it's not a focus. Right? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. It's interesting. I just uh, there is always a special pleasure in in, in fooling a, a fellow magician mentalist, though. I mean, that's I, I oh for sure, you know for sure. I, I honestly believe that if you watch, I know you did, but I'm talking to anyone else who was at my invention. If they watch me trying to work out how I did what I did, mm-hmm. um, they would they would be push to find any other explanation apart from the fact that I really did what I was doing. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, in that sense, we come back to what you said about the, you know, what you're doing has to be solid and has to be yeah. deceptive. Yeah. I'm never, I'm never catering just to full magicians. And yeah. even if that's in terms of a, you know, a product, I'm only sharing things that I think are, you know, worthwhile. Um, if you're interested in that, but, you know, if you like drawing duplications, for example, then yeah. here are some things I think are interesting along those lines for sure for sure yeah yeah the i i, I don't know if you have any comments on it but the the magic industry is it's it's really trippy uh it is really um you know it is just a it is a weird middle ground you know uh obviously the majority of people that buy magic are hobbyists um you know so uh, and probably a lot of them don't really even perform uh, or very, you know, perform very little or just for their, you know, their family or whatever. Um, so, you know, there is always uh, to be a a successful uh, seller of, you know, magic products. There has to be that, there has to be a certain type of appeal. You know, there has to be a, a certain amount of, whether it's a clever gimmickry or, you know, that, you know, that, that, that whole thing. It's, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. And, and I certainly, uh, I'm not making any kind of judgment about, you know, your stuff because everything I've seen of yours, you know, uh, for the most part has been really, you know, really solid. So, and I, I don't think you're somebody who's putting stuff out there trying to sell something. You're trying to share something that works for you. I, I totally get that. Um, but it is, it is an odd, it is an odd world to watch and, and to see what sort of things really, you know, appeal to the, to the sort of masses, if you will. I, I totally agree. And it, it absolutely almost breaks my brain sometimes when I, 
I kind of hate to admit, but I, you know, I do keep up with what's new to some degree. Sure. And I do try and keep, you know, because I, I never, I can't keep track of everything, but I, I do try and keep some loose tabs on it. And I do have a kind of small group of friends that will share things around and, sure. and you know, share our thoughts with these new things. Yeah. And, and sometimes they're great. And, uh, and sometimes they're not, and it, it just breaks my brain at the sheer amount of things that come out. But I think if everyone shared things that they just, you know, if everyone shared things from a place of like wanting to share something instead of just wanting to make some money, yes, uh, yes, the magic world would probably be a better place because then everything that you invest in becomes uh, more valuable because mm-hmm. you're, you're investing in something that is someone else's take on or maybe someone else's original creation that adds value to that premise or that will add value to you know and gives credit to the things that have come before it um yeah whereas i see a lot of in mentalism and in magic we see a lot of things that i really believe are just uh, you know just kind of dropped out there to be a product absolutely um, and i don't know if that's bad or not but I think it's, I think it's, I don't know. It is, it's, it, I, you know, it's, 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 it is fulfilling a need. And, you know, there are, you know, again, if you're just a hobbyist and you enjoy buying magic f- for the fun of getting a new trick, you know, like then you do need a supply of tricks. So someone, I suppose, you know, has to do that. Whether it's brand new or, or a development of something, imagine if that thing was completely open about where it came from mm. or why improvement. Yeah. Uh, imagine how many more people would read, you know, good magic books because they would maybe buy something from somewhere and go, oh, this is cool. And then, then they would realize like, because they'd, they'd be told openly, Oh, this is actually, yeah. I think an improvement on this and here's what I've added to it. And this is why I'm sharing it. Because if any, if the people who buy those things and we all do it, you buy them, I buy them, yeah. um, you know, if I bought a download tomorrow that I thought was interesting and then it added something and it told me what it had added and why it was different and why they'd made those choices, then I might then, if I'd never seen that premise or method or uh, or anything to do with that before, I might then go and search out those other things and then that might lead me down a whole different path that leads me to another thing and another thing and an older book and an older book or a yeah. Yeah, so I I don't know how I feel about the things that are just thrown out there, but at the same time, I can only look at it from my point of view. You know, yeah. I can only I look at things and I instantly like when you do a memory show, it's kind of easy to look at releases and just go like, ah, that's no use for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, well, mind reading, you can look at all the latest cool gizmos. You know, here's a, a deck of playing cards that turns to a stack of money. Yeah. Visually, it looks cool, but uh, for me, it's it's. Yeah. A, use so um yeah but yeah i don't want to speak for everyone and and like you say we have to also bear in mind that for a lot of people magic is a a thing that they just enjoy you know and that's yep. cool like, yeah. i love listening to music and and sometimes i'll listen to what other people would think of as crappy bad music another time you know it's all kind of subjective i guess so yeah I don't yeah no absolutely no absolutely no it's uh you know there's just there's all different kinds of people but yeah the the i think i think i think everybody that's listening and you and i can agree that if we had uh, a little bit more ethics and uh proper crediting and understanding of the you know those that have gone before everything would be a lot better if everyone just spent a little bit more time um you know, really thinking about that particular thing yeah. or looking at what's existed before yeah. or spending more time really doing it for real people, then yeah. probably all of the the niggles that people have when they buy the latest cool gimmick and over time they realize that X, Y, Z, um, you know, they would probably dissipate as well. But yeah. Who knows? Yeah. 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 No, <laughs> it's, it, it is. Magic World is like a brilliantly wonderful and mind-blowingly strange world to be in yeah and i really enjoy it but at the same time it can get a little too much at times yeah it's definitely uh it's it's very it's very weird um 
<laughs> so, so I, I'm curious about. Uh, I have two, a couple, just a little diversion. Um, uh, I have seen a lot, a, a lot of the people, at least that I've interviewed for uh, this podcast, have been musicians, and I think there's a pretty strong crossover. Um, uh, do you still play regularly, or not at the moment? Yeah, uh, because as a drummer, funny fact is, I I don't own a drum kit. Uh-huh. Uh, I have uh, I have drum hardware, but it's not even it's not even here. Yeah. Um, so, so with the current situation, no. Uh-huh. Uh, but drumming has been, I guess, with Magic for a while, it was on and off, and right. uh, obviously now more than ever, it's it's off. Uh, but it's you know it's always there. I'm always yeah. uh, tapping along to things. I'm always listening to music. I'm always searching out cool rhythms and yeah and years and and other musicians and and I have as a guy who's really gone out and performed uh, music shows as well as mm-hmm, mm-hmm. outside of magic for a second, I've uh, actually performed in all, you know, high pressure and low pressure yeah. uh, musical situations. Uh, I have like a, I think when you've done that, like if you perform in magic, whether that's stage or any kind of performance, you kind of have a new appreciation for that thing. So mm. I can music or watch someone play it, you know, uh, Glastonbury is an example. Sure. Uh, you can watch Radiohead's Glastonbury set, or yeah. you know, pick a person you like. And as a guy who has played those kind of things, you can look at it and be like, I don't know. I have an a real interest in like looking at how bands or musicians play live. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I time would rather listen to the live set as opposed to the album. Uh-huh. Um, even down to the weirdness of being interested in like what drum kit the drum is yeah what playing the track with are they using a track how many session musicians are on stage with them how much of the backing vocals is live and how much of it is a sample and how are they triggering those samples and how does that snare drum sound that good and (laughs) you know stuff like that yeah 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 absolutely yeah no i i i I totally agree yeah i'm I'm also a musician for all my life I, i play I play a little bit of drums, but I'm, I guess my main instrument is probably guitar and I, I also sing. Um, but, uh, I know exactly what you mean. There's uh it's, it, it is, it is a absolutely fascinating world. Uh, I don't know if you have ever watched, but I guess it's mostly guitar oriented, but there's this thing called uh, rig rundowns, which oh is pretty cool. God, you get I into that. that. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Even yeah. as a drummer, I watched that and I, I love it. They can be like, some of them are like 45 minutes long. Yeah, absolutely. They're looking through all the pedal boards yeah. and the slopes and the guitars and, and what songs they use that guitar for yeah. and what, how it's tuned. Yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. I haven't watched one of those in a while, actually. But there was, <laughs> I, I would watch those uh, often. That's uh, even, even the ones that, think of a strange example, like even the ones that are musicians, uh, you know, that play for bands or, or artists that I would never listen to. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to to watch. Yeah, I love all that sort of stuff. Absolutely. I'm really... <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I certainly uh, have had a lot more time to work on music over the last several months, so I'm just, you know, not performing at all. So I've been like, well, uh, just going to practice practice and, and write music and, and just focus on that because, you know, because it's something I can do. So what about if you get some V-drums, right, the, with the little mesh heads or whatever? Have that's you ever played what, those? That's what I'm going to get. I've already, I've oh, already picked exact one exact model that roland have a brand new right. uh brand new one that actually this is going to be everyone's going to be bored all right, by this. It's all right we have no there's a lot of there's going to be i i would say a significant portion of the listeners are musicians oh well, that's good so roland have a new electric kit because in my honest opinion electric kits used to be lame yeah and uh, with the guys i used to play with i would play a a sort of hybrid of live cymbals and live bass drum and snare um but then that was mixed with samples that were triggered through an spd that's great yeah very cool so roland kit like for that reason i was used to playing one of those spds and roland kits used to be kind of not so good and they've they've in the past few years put out and i was literally like online shop hunting at the the latest roland model and they have this new one that can be a uh, two or three tom version of an electric kit where all the drums are actual shells, but they have these mesh heads. So it right. 
apart from the symbols, really looks like a drum kit and has this brain that does all of this crazy That's right. stuff. That's right. Yeah, super cool. Right on. Well, uh, next time you come to the uh, to the states, we'll we'll have to get a jam. To, maybe we can figure out a uh, all mentalist. Uh, I don't know if that's a good idea or not. Actually, well, that is a good idea. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's very cool. Um, well, we're getting pretty close to the hour here. Um, what uh, what have you got cooking right now? What uh, what what can we look forward to? Or what? Um, I believe you just did. You just release a new product. Thought I, I saw did. something. Yeah, so the one that will interest people here is uh, called XIDD, and it's just a set of notes that expand on on a drawing duplication thing of mine. So right. um, that's floating around. But uh, but yeah, other than that, a, a bunch of stuff. No real uh, intentional products in in the way. I had uh, that one, and then there's one other that you know, uh, kind of for want of a, I don't want to say dropped, you know, shared recently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but those are kind of results of being stuck in the house yeah. and uh, forcing myself to really finish those things off. But uh-huh. uh, but other than that, no, nothing really. Just trying to, uh, I don't know, do do what I always do, which is whatever that thing is on that day. But yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, we'll keep we'll keep our eyes open. Um, and are you uh, you surviving okay with the uh, the pandemic? You yeah, ma- making all, it through. Um, all fine, just good. Doing a lot of uh, these, uh, you know, a lot of Skype calls and stuff. But yeah. all good. Uh, could it's, you know, it's weird. I I got friends uh, all over the place. But uh, Seth Kramer's like a really great uh, trade show magician, and mm-hmm. I'm, I met him at my invention actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's in New York, and I was talking to him the other week uh, on Facetime, and he was you know he was saying how uh, he was a guy who's doing a lot, uh, you know, a lot of work. And I, I think there's something about, this is a tangent, but the people that I meet that uh, you can tell really do a lot of, uh, a really, a lot of performing, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just, I can have conversations with those people a lot more easily than I can yeah. with the people who are in every opportunity telling me how busy they are, but really, <laughs> I'm not really ever doing anything. <laughs> so Seth is a good example. We just kind of, we got on a mind venture and uh, I was talking to him and he was, you know, saying it's strange over there in new york so uh, yeah it's all fine here but um but yeah weird time for magic right i don't yeah. know how many are going to be left at the end of it to be honest well there's been a lot of new people you know a lot of hobbyists have gotten back into it or gotten into it because they've got time on their hands um yeah. but but a lot of professionals are you know are, are in a weird place i uh you know, I think six months ago, if we had talked, I would have said, yeah, I'm really moving more and more towards making this more of a primary source of income uh, rather than, door, you know, rather than a side hustle. And uh, now I am so grateful <laughs> that, that I had not got, you know, that that's not where I am. So, um, so I feel for, for folks that are, you know, that, uh, that have you know, a bit struggled because so much of their income had, had, uh, but uh, but you got to diversify. That's the, that's always the solution. You gotta you gotta have a lot of a lot of pots cooking, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. But yeah, it's uh, it's what I'm amazed by is the the absolute what's the word the the absolute kind of relentless uh, progression of magic releases still. And I'm yeah. obviously part of that. And that's my fault. But <laughs> uh, you know, in a time where uh, I guess people want to rush things through more or you know or, or get them moving faster or, or maybe they were always planned but i wonder when or if there'll be a time where magic releases slow down because because of all of this because there has to be right if the, i don't know i th- i think i actually honestly think i would guess i don't know for a fact but i would guess that magic sales have gone up for the companies lately just because yeah. of all the hobbyists that are that are you know suddenly re i know so many people are getting back into hobbies because they're stuck at home um, so that that would be my guess. I'd be if some you know if a listener has information on that. I'd I'd like to know. But that that would be my guess. I I would I would say it's gonna it's gonna keep trucking. Um, but who knows? We'll see. We we we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, Chris, uh, I think this is a great place to end it. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to talk and uh, and share a little bit of your world. And um, yeah, hope to uh, have a chance to hang out in person sometime and uh, chat with you again. 
Yeah, all right. Well, thank you so much, and thank you for staying up uh, late for me because I, uh, yeah, thanks. I appreciate you putting yourself out to uh, to do this. So thank you. No sweat. All right. Cheers. All right. Hope you enjoyed that. As always, I know I did. If you want to check out Chris's uh, products, uh, of which uh, there are a bunch of good ones, there is a link in the show description where you can get stuff directly from him. So that's the place to go if you want to check that out. If you want to check out any of my products, they're available on Penguin Magic or directly from me. Shoot me an email, mysteryartspodcast at gmail.com. Hope you're well. Take care. See you next time. Peace.